I have gone through lots of different things in life that have changed who I am and changed, you know, what's important to me. And so I had to look at all of that. And I think that's so important when you're rebranding to not just think of, oh, I want to have a different name or I want to have new, you know, new color palette or a different website or whatever it is. There has to be a deeper sense of why you are doing this. What is behind it? How is it going to change things? Not just for your clients or customers, but for you as the person running the business and for anyone that works in the business as well. Do you love your life as a small business owner? Let's be real. Sometimes we just don't. It's my hope that this, the My Daily Business podcast, helps you regain a little of that lost love through practical, actionable tips, tools, and tactics, interviews with creative and curious small business owners, and in-depth coaching episodes with me, your host, Fiona Kalaki. With more than 20 years experience in marketing, brand, content, and systems, and having now helped thousands of small business owners, I know what it takes to build a business that you can be proud of and that actually aligns with your values, your beliefs, and your hopes for the future. So much of our daily life is spent working on and in the businesses and the brands that we are creating. And so it makes sense to actually love what you do. So let's get into this podcast and help you figure out how to love your business and your life on the daily. Hello and welcome to episode 304 of the My Daily Business Podcast. Today it is a coaching episode and as you would have heard just now when I said My Daily Business, not My Daily Business Coach, we have rebranded and today's coaching session is all about why we have done that, how we have done that and kind of the steps that we took to do it. So if you're interested in that or you've ever thought about changing your own brand name or even just starting a brand, then this is you know, going to be really interesting for you. Before we get stuck into that, I want to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians on the beautiful land on which I record this podcast, and that is the Wawarong and Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. Secondly, with the rebrand comes, you know, a new URL, a new Instagram handle. So if you are looking for anything, you can find podcast, podcast courses, show notes, our shop, how to do coaching, everything over at mydailybusiness.com. And you can find everything on Instagram at mydailybusiness underscore. All right, let's get into today's episode. Wow, this is, this is a big episode. And I think it's a big episode in terms of there's so much that I want to portray and talk about in this episode. And I don't know if I'm going to get through it all in an hour or 45 minutes, but I'll do my best. And obviously rebranding or branding is just a huge topic, a huge topic with so many layers. It is so much more than just a logo and a color palette and typography. And that is just literally, you know, the tip of the iceberg or the tiniest part that we can all see of a brand, but there's so much other stuff that goes on. And so it's virtually impossible to get through all of that in one episode, but I will do my best to convey kind of the highlight points and things that I think are most important. So I have just written a couple of notes here. I really don't have, you know, literally like some bullet points with some words attached. Other than that, I don't have a whole lot, you know, scripted or anything else. So I will just speak freely about why we've rebranded and the steps that we took If I go off on tangents, you know, just forgive me. And if you've been listening to this for a while, I'm sure you understand how I roll. All right. So the first thing I guess to get clear on is what we have done. We have rebranded from My Daily Business Coach through to 
my daily business. So it's literally just a word change. However, it is a huge change for us personally. And I say us because I am lucky enough to have people who work with me and we've done this together. But I want to go back to why we have done this and why, you know, why spend so much time, so much money on something that is so simple. A lot of people may well think, why would you bother? Like, why would you bother? You haven't completely changed the name. And that was intentional. But I have to go kind of right back to when I started my business to give you some context around this. So I started this business. I quit my full-time job. I was head of marketing for Mimco, which is a large Australian brand. And I was head of marketing there and I quit that job. I decided to quit in mid-2015. However, I didn't quit until the end, towards the end of 2015. And so I spent roughly about five or six months working on my exit strategy, working on building up a business so that I could go from one job into, you know, my own business that was going to pay me money from day one. I didn't have a trust fund to fall back on. I didn't have, you know, multiple investment properties or any investment properties. We had just bought our first house. My husband and I had one child at the time, but we knew we wanted to have a second child. So it wasn't, was not definitely not an ideal time to start a business and to basically cut my salary in half, which is what I had estimated. I'd run my numbers and I thought, okay, if I can get half of what I'm currently on, we should be okay. And thankfully, you know, a very supportive husband who was like, yep, go for it. But we still, you know, I still need to bring in money. It wasn't a situation where yeah, you can just go do whatever you like. And if it makes money, it makes money. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It wasn't that at all. So I had to start from that point. So that was, gosh, almost eight years ago. And so when I made that decision to quit. And so then I registered the business because my accountant at the time had said, you know, you should start as day one, a company, proprietary limited. What are you going to call it? I didn't know exactly what I would be doing. I had been having lots of interviews with people who I thought I could help. And so I kind of thought, well, I'm going to be a consultant. So why don't I call myself Fiona Clacking Consulting? And that is still actually the overarching company name, Fiona Clacking Consulting, Proprietary Limited. And so I went out with that name and I had a website, fionaclacky.com, fiona at fionaclacky.com. That was my email address. And I didn't really know what I was doing. I kind of went into it thinking that I would work for corporates. I would go in, I would consult and I would, you know, mainly make my money from corporate consulting. And then I would have sort of a side part of the business that was doing, you know, working with small business owners. And the reason that I thought that was because I think when you are in an environment such as a corporate place where I'd been working and prior to that as well, that you can kind of sort of have your blinders on and think, well, that's actually how I'm going to make my money. It would be really nice if I could work with creative small business owners, but, you know, let's be real, the money and the security and all of that is going to come from big corporate jobs. So I started doing that and it quickly became apparent that I didn't actually like doing that. And I was really lucky in that I got a significant contract with a small business owner that was roughly about two days work. And then I would do corporate consulting the other times. And then I started doing workshops, public workshops for small business owners. And I realized that was actually what I loved doing. I loved working with small business owners because I felt like every dollar they were spending, whether it was $35 for a general assembly workshop ticket to how to get published, which was a kind of two hour class in the evening for how to get your work out there, your written work out there, or whether they were spending $180 on an all-day marketing for your small business workshop that that price was put out by General Assembly. I just realized that 
they took it seriously. They took every dollar that they were spending, you know, as a, I need to get everything out of this and I'm going to make the changes in my business based on what I've learned from working with Fiona. Whereas corporates definitely, yes, you know, they do, they do make changes and everything else. But a lot of the time you are working with people who it's not their money. It's not their money that they're spending. A lot of the time I felt like people were in a boardroom. It's not to say I would never work with corporates again, for sure. I have definitely worked with some and I'm, I'm really happy to work with, you know, certain ones. But I felt like sometimes I would be in a boardroom and people didn't want to be there. They were on their phones. Everyone was wearing suits. It was just not who I felt at my core that I wanted to work with long-term. And so I called myself Fiona Collecting Consulting, which really didn't tell you what I did. I mean, I could have been a consultant doctor. For, I mean, maybe not, but I could have been consulting in any type of thing. It wasn't telling people what I did. It wasn't conveying that I worked with small businesses. And so even my website, I remember getting it done really cheaply. It was really bad. I think I used like a an image of like a surfboard on like the contact page. I am not a surfer at all. So I'm like, I don't know how. I think that was a little bit of my, I'm a bit creative idea kind of coming through, but I called it Fiona Clacky Consulting. And I always wanted to change the name, but I didn't really know exactly what I would change it to. I kind of thought, well, it's me. So may as well just put my name behind it. And I think I was also probably influenced by other people that I was like friends with and going out with and they had their names on their businesses and I kind of looked up to them. And so that's that's what I started with. So that's kind of 2016. Then in 2017, my mother passed away and before she had passed away, I had decided to change the business name. Now, I decided to just do a trading as so I didn't change the company name, but I started trading as My Daily Business Coach. Now, I started that name and put it out there firstly through Instagram. I didn't have a website. I thought I'm going to test this. And what I want to do is really speak to that creative small business owner that appears to be coming more and more to my workshops and that is booking in for one-off business coaching and that I feel like I can actually help and I can actually see them making changes as we're working together. Whereas sometimes with corporates, you may work with them for like a six-month contract, but those changes may not actually be implemented for two years down the track. And sometimes you work with people for ages and then those people move on to another job. And so all that work that you've done is kind of shelved. Whereas when you're working with a small business owner, they are staying in that business, you know, for as long as they can. And so they're, they're taking on board what you're saying. And even if it's, you know, a little bit down the track that they implement it, you can see that they're actually implementing it. And that I think is really validating for somebody who works in a service-based business, seeing that the stuff that you have worked on with people, the, the answers that you've pulled out of them, the ideas that you've all come up with, the creativity is being realized. So I started my daily business coach literally on Instagram. And I know I give Instagram a lot of flack, but I have to say it's also, you know, incredible platform to kind of launch things on. I did it on there because I thought I'm going to test this. I don't really know kind of the direction that I'm going with this. I had sat down and obviously I have a background in branding and marketing. So I'd sat down, I'd pulled together, you know, my ideal audience. I'd pulled together a business plan. I'd pulled together my revenue streams, my money mapping, you know, what I was going to offer, my competitor analysis. But even the competitor analysis, like I really didn't know who other business coaches were. And particularly in Melbourne and Sydney, where, you know, predominantly that's who I was working with when I started the business people in those two areas of Australia. Now I work globally, but I started that thinking, okay, I will, I will give this a go. And I think I also got it ready in time for a big event that I was doing so that I could talk about it at this event and talk about it to people in that kind of creative tech space. Now, again, 
started this, put it out on Instagram and kind of just felt my way around. And I used these four words on my Instagram bio at the time, which was motivation, inspiration, and education. I didn't even say who for. I didn't didn't say for small business owners, for creative small businesses. I just, I don't really know what I was thinking. I kind of just did this very vague Instagram bio and I then quickly realized I'm not you know, I don't know who I'm actually talking to. I don't know why I just put that. I should at least make it clear what my offers are, who I work with, that sort of thing. So I changed my Instagram bio and I really made a conscious effort that on the My Daily Business Coach Instagram, I was never going to quote Richard Branson. I was never going to quote Tim Ferriss. I was never going to just be the stock standard, you know, business coach. Here are some quotes from American, you know, mainly white men. And, you know, obviously Richard Branson's not American, but I just told myself if I'm going to put quotes out or if I'm going to, you know, start talking about different business owners that I think are really interesting, they have to be interesting. They have to be different from the people that everyone else is talking about. So I did that and I started doing little tests on there. So I used to do this thing called (laughs) Brand Watch Wednesday and every Wednesday I would put a brand that I thought was doing really cool things and why I thought they were doing cool things. I would just make up all these hashtags for myself like Brand Watch Wednesday and, you know, different things. I used hashtags a lot and I think that really helped. You know, this is back in the day and I was posting quite a bit on Instagram. But I, what I did then also was to create a URL in Instagram with a platform that used, I don't know if it still exists, it was called Tiny Letter. So if you didn't have a website and you didn't have a way of capturing emails, you could put this Tiny Letter URL in your Instagram bio and you could get people to sign up to your email that way. So I got people to sign up. I think there was nine people that I started with nine people on my email list and I started sending a Sunday email and I still send a Sunday email and there's thousands of people on that list now, but I started with nine. And so I was really testing this idea of can I actually go from corporate consulting to working full-time with small business owners and particularly with creative small business owners. Now, around that same time, I was working with the Design Files, which is an incredible design blog here in Australia. I mean, even the word blog feels like it's too small. Like it's a, it's a media empire. It's an incredible publication founded by Lucy Fagans. And so I was writing about Australian homes for them and then started writing a small business column. Now that very much opened up a huge, you know, it was incredible for me to have that platform so generously, you know, working with, with Lucy, who was so generous to, to allow me to have that. And so I started to really connect with more and more and more people in that creative space, also in the kind of home and interior space. Now, prior to all of this, I had worked in Amazon in the UK and I had headed up their kitchen and home category. So I did have a good understanding of homeware and interiors and e-commerce and retail. And so that's really where I sort of started with. And I started getting more and more inquiries for people who wanted, you know, longer business coaching, six month business coaching. And so I started building up that business. Now, my daily business coach as a name, I had come up with all sorts of different names, but I thought, no, this is the name that clearly says what I do. It is not some sort of, you know, name like like Apple that, you know, if we didn't have the associations that we have now, is sort of like, what do they do? It was very clear. However, I never felt incredibly comfortable with the term business coach. And it's never... 10,000% being a really comfortable thing that I have had in my business name. And so there'd be times, you know, and I'm just being really transparent here. There'd be times when I used to have to say my email address and I'd like whisper the business coach part, but I decided, you know, this is the name, this is what I've chosen. And I created a whole brand strategy around that. 
you know, brand and what were our revenue streams, what is the resource, who are our key partners, all the things, and decided that's it. I put a fork in the ground. This is the name. Now, in 2020, I published, or Hardy Grant actually, Hardy Grant Publishers, published my first book, Passion, Purpose, Profit. Now, that was written in 2019. And so just before the pandemic and everything else, I wrote that. And at the time, I remember having lots of conversations with a couple of friends thinking, should I change my business name now? Because once it goes out and it's in that book and it's out there in print, you know, you sort of have to keep standing behind it. And so I thought, no, I don't actually have the headspace right now. 2019 was a bit of a tough year. I had a child. I had my second child who's amazing and amazing, <laughs> double amazing. And he needed surgery. So he had surgery at five months old, which was pretty hard. And then my father passed away 10 days after his surgery. So 2019, you know, wasn't the best year. My other son also started school. So that's a huge transition, you know, year for a lot of people. So I just knew that I didn't have the headspace to really go into a rebrand, to really sit down and think about where I wanted to change things. So I thought I'm going to stick with my daily business coach and it'll go into the book. And I was also launching my podcast, this here podcast that you're listening to. And I also thought about changing the name for the podcast. I thought, well, if I have a podcast, maybe I don't call it the My Daily Business Coach podcast. Maybe I'll call it something else. But I just thought, no, for consistency, I'm going to have it called the My Daily Business Coach podcast. The brand name is called My Daily Business Coach, and that is going to be mentioned throughout the first book, Passion, Purpose, Profit. So flash forward, then we get into 2020. And I thought I'm just going to stand behind this name, even though I definitely had moments where I would find myself on Pinterest pulling together different ideas. I decided to, I think it was 2020, just do a refresh of the actual design of the brand. And so I worked with somebody in Spain who, you know, I found through Pinterest because I'd seen her designs and I contacted her and she was willing to work with me despite us being on other sides of the world. And she did a bit of a refresh. She made it look a bit more professional, properly designed, everything else. It had gone from, you know, me just sort of pulling it together in Canva, which I have to say, I'm surrounded by graphic designers and art directors. One of my best friends, Paul, lives in New Zealand. He runs Beard Modern. He's an incredible designer and artist. My husband is an art director and graphic designer. My other best friend in Amsterdam, Bar Smith, she runs Smith Club. She's also like, I'm, I'm surrounded by people in that space. So I don't actually know why I did it myself to start with, but I think a lot of small business owners just do your own visual branding yourself. Anyway, so in 2020, I decided I'll stick behind all of this, but I will, you know, make it look a bit better visually. I went back and revisited the vision for the business, the mission, the values, what we were actually doing as a business. I had introduced group coaching. And so I thought, yeah, I'm going to stick with my daily business coach. However, in 2021, I really got sick of the name. And also in 2021, I had gone through 12 months or maybe 18 months of being accredited for business coaching. So there is no regulations about business coaching. And so what I had seen was just more and more and more people coming onto the scene that sort of had this International Coaching Federation tick of approval. And with my book coming out in 2020, I was convinced wrongly, I have to say, that somebody would pick up that I wasn't an accredited business coach and would say, oh, you don't have the tick of approval from the International Coaching Federation. So I went and researched different courses that I could do. And I found one, it was about 7,000 Australian dollars, maybe it was more, I can't remember. And it took months and I hated it. I have to say, I'm not going to out the name of the institution, 
but it was just such a crock for want of a better word. For somebody has, who has been in this space in marketing and brand and content and systems and has worked for some of the biggest and most innovative companies and then is taking that knowledge and sharing it with small business owners, I found this course so restrictive. It was literally a cut and paste, ask this question, don't veer from the script, you know, <laughs> treat people like robots. If they say this, then you say this. And I just, I couldn't stand it. I actually complained to them a few times saying, does anyone who writes this content actually work with small business owners? What I felt like that a lot of it was geared towards organizational coaching for corporates. It was geared towards big companies where there is huge amount of resource and a big HR team and everything else. Even though they had told me, no, no, this is business coaching and it's perfect for small business owners. It definitely wasn't. So I went through that and it really turned me off the idea of business coach. Now, I'm still a business coach and I will gladly, proudly say I'm a business coach, but the whole concept of go and get this regulation stamp that says you are now an accredited business coach and ask the exact same questions and read the exact same books and use the exact same frameworks as every other person who's gone through this, it just didn't sit right with me. So in 2021, I decided I would change the business name. So in about September of 2021, I sat down and did a full brand strategy on my own brand. So I thought, okay, if I'm going to change the name, I didn't actually fully confirm what the name would be, but I knew that I wanted to change it. And not just because it had business coach in the title, but because I felt like it was restrictive in terms of what else I might want to put into the business. So maybe I wanted to sell products. Maybe I wanted to manufacture things. Maybe I wanted to, you know, bring in different items and possibilities. And I felt like I was a little restricted with the name that I had. It was great for so long, but I wanted to expand and I wanted to grow and do different things. And so I wanted to have a name that allowed for that. Now I went through a series of names and there's lots of different naming exercises you can do. I really sat down first and thought about what is it that I'm trying to give people through this business? What am I trying to offer to people? Who is the ideal person that I'm going to work with? Where do I sit in the landscape with, you know, competitor analysis, not just here in Australia, but overseas as well. And looking at all of that. And also as a person, you know, looking at my values and, and where do I want to be in like 10, 15 years? Or how do I want this business to evolve alongside my lifestyle? You know, since I have started this business, I've had another child. I've, you know, unfortunately lost both of my parents. I have gone through lots of different things in life that have changed who I am and changed, you know, what's important to me. And so I had to look at all of that. And I think that's so important when you're rebranding to not just think of, oh, I want to have a different name or I want to have new, you know, new color palette or a different website or whatever it is. There has to be a deeper sense of why you are doing this. What is behind it? How is it going to change things? Not just for your clients or customers, but for you as the person running the business and for anyone that works in the business as well. And so I had gone through a whole lot of ideas and come up with this strategy. And then I had come up with three names. I have to say there was three different names on the table. And I talked to a few friends and I looked at all the different scenarios. And I kept coming back to the fact that I loved the first part of my name. I loved my daily. I loved the idea of doing things daily because doing things daily, whether it's you know, and it's very anti-hustle. It's not like, oh my gosh, every day you have to be rise and grind. Like I'm so anti that. I always have been, but I like the idea of small steps add up, you know, doing something daily, even if it's 10 minutes, you know, you're doing something that is working towards 
a better outcome overall. And that daily doesn't have to be, you know, business coaching or, or working out your systems. It could be, you know, daily. It might be a meditation that you do to, to keep your mental health strong as a business owner. It could be getting out into nature. It could be all sorts of things. I liked that idea. So I definitely had that. And then I, I contemplated all sorts of things from let's just call it my daily. And I looked and so for every idea that I had, I did a lot of research. I looked at things like URLs. Is the URL available? Is the handle available? Now with my daily, I actually had a funny story where I thought, okay, let me just let me just look into that. I found a the, the URL was taken, but I found a broker willing to talk to me in New York about this. And so we went back and forth on a few emails. Obviously, the time difference, New York, Melbourne, it's not great for phone calls. And anyway, I ended up did did have a chat with the with the broker for it. And then they said, look, I'm going to send you some information about it and you can tell me if you're still keen. He sent me some information. I wrote back and then he said, okay, what's your opening bid? Now I thought I will, <laughs> I thought, okay, I'm going to try for, you know, maybe I'll spend a thousand US dollars on this name. And so I'm going to put in 500. So I said 500 US dollars. And he wrote back saying, is this correct? Or have you missed something? And I said, no, that's correct. And he's like, I'm really sorry, but we're, we're looking at a minimum of 50,000 US. And I was like, uh, what? And we went back and forth a few more times. And I thought, no, he, he really is sticking to that. This isn't a joke. So I wiped that. I was like, you know what? I want a really, I mean, and I could have called it mydaily.xyz or, you know, any kind of thing at the end, but I wanted.com. I just wanted it. I'm old school. I wanted.com. So then I went back and I had a look at a few more things and, and I just kept coming back to my daily business. I just kept coming back to a bigger kind of anything that could be part of your business that yes, you could do coaching, but you could also do mindset work. You could do meditations. You could do journaling. You could do all sorts of things that could fit under the umbrella term of my daily business. And so that is what I settled on. So in 2021, around November, I went back to the designer that I'd worked with and told her all of this, gave it really strong brand brief that went into detail about all of this. We'd also had a lot of conversations and then she presented, you know, the first round. Now this took three months between the brand brief and the first round, which is a long time. And it was, she was going through a lot of stuff. She was getting married. There was, you know, obviously it's a pandemic still trying to get married. It's very difficult. We're on other sides of the world and, you know, Melbourne's in and out of lockdowns. And so it wasn't, you know, this ideal smooth sailing, but in the end it took about eight months to get to a point where she was delivering the actual assets and the graphic design to me and the style guide and everything else. Now, when it came through, I just didn't love it. There was something about it that just felt just off. It just felt like this isn't actually an elevated, you know, it's, it's not going where I want it to go. And so it just sat there, the work sat there and I felt like an idiot because I had talked about this with clients. I had talked about it with friends. I had probably talked about it on this podcast and it just sat there because I didn't love it. And I thought, I'm, I don't know if it's worth doing all this work because a rebrand is a huge amount of work. You're not just changing the URL. You are changing like thousands of links and things that are out there. And, you know, just the admin part of it, you know, we're, we're in the process of changing the admin stuff at the moment. And I have to say it is so tedious. When you think about things like if you've got a Google Drive attached to your Google Drive, you know, like a workspace that you're using Gmail for, which we had under My Daily Business Coach, we have thousands, thousands of documents in there that need to then be transferred to somewhere else, another Google Drive. And if you have them as two separate organizations, you can't actually change ownership. So 
there's a lot of tedious stuff that comes with this. And because I didn't love the graphic design, which is a huge part of how people perceive the brand visually in the first instance, I just didn't feel like I wanted to put all that effort in. So that brand literally sat there just not being changed. And it was just this resentment kind of building up inside me where I was like, I wanted to change this. I did all this work and now I can't actually bring it to life. So what happened is that I met and I'd already been in touch with this person prior, but Ashley Simonetto, who is an incredible graphic designer. She also runs a business with her partner, Nick. They run a incredible like brand strategy and website design agency called New Opening Studio. She is a designer. Nick is also a designer and website developer. And so they came together to create New Opening Studio. But Ashley had contacted me about coaching. And I just thought, you know what, I'm actually just going to ask her if she would be open to doing the rebrand, to to looking at what has been done and sort of fixing it. I didn't know exactly how she'd fix it. So we had a few conversations back and forth. I explained what I was doing and she was just so lovely. She took it and she tried. And then she said to me, I actually think it's going to be easier if I start from scratch than trying to change this other person's design to a point that you're happy with. And that was really smart. Now, I have to give Ashley total props because I I didn't know what I didn't like. I would find it very difficult to be a graphic designer. So shout out to any graphic designers listening to this because design is so subjective. It is so subjective. And I didn't know exactly what I didn't like about it, but I just knew that I didn't like it. And so I was trying to explain that to Ashley. And I think I used words that perhaps weren't great. So I thought I kept saying, oh, it's not polished enough. It's not, you know, it's not elevated enough. And, and so she came back with this beautiful design, but that was too polished. And I was like, oh no, that feels too polished. That feels too like high end and like luxury, I don't know, furniture brand or perfume company or something. Like it was, it was too, too beautiful. And so I said, I kind of need it to come back. I really like the colors that, you know, we have been using. And also I have to keep in mind, Passion, Purpose, Profit, my book is always going to be part of my marketing. So the the colors can't clash with that. So there's a lot to consider. And so Ashley, again, said, no worries, leave it with me. Works very quickly, I have to say. And just her, just exceptional level of detail and attention to detail and customer care, just all around great experience. And so she came back with this design and I loved it. Like I was looking at it on my screen and I was just smiling. My whole body was lighting up like this, this is it. She has nailed it. And so I just thought, this is it. This is great. And now it's actually going to come to life. And again, underestimated how long the other stuff would take. So the other stuff being getting a website done and, and to a level that you're happy with. The other stuff also being moving things across from one website where you have 500 plus pages and a lot of those things are linking to other pages and you've got all this kind of internal linking and SEO stuff going on and taking all of that and moving to a new site. So I worked with Ashley Simonotto on the design, which I love, and we've had so much feedback already that people love it. So shout out. And if you're interested in chatting to Ashley or chatting to Ashley and Nick, you can find all of their information in the show notes, but also over at ashleysimonetto.com and that's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-I-M-O-N-E-T-O.com and you can also find Ashley and Nick's business New Opening Studio just at newopening.studio. They're very cool, these young kids with the, with the dot .studio, but newopening.studio. 
So I'd worked with them on the visuals. Then it was time to bring it all to life. So I have always worked with Squarespace. That is my preferred website builder. I've used it for my sites. I've used it for lots of sites I've built for people. I've used it for charities that I've helped people with, my sister's website, a whole bunch of things. I think Squarespace is such an easy tool to use. I also am not selling hundreds of products, in which case, you know, I probably would go to something bigger like Shopify. Squarespace has commerce, you know, and, you know, they do a decent job at that. But I just love the way that Squarespace works. I love how easy it is. It's literally drag and drop website design. So I started building my website. And again, went back to what am I trying to do here? What are my offers? How am I trying to relate to the you know, ideal audience that I'm going after? What are the testimonials that I need? All sorts of things to, to really guide people through that buyer cycle that I talk about a lot. Now, it got to a point where I was happy enough with it, but I just felt like you know, I'm not a website designer and it could be polished and look a bit better. And so I found a guy on Upwork. Now, people might be thinking, why don't you just get someone to design your website? I love building websites. Like I think in another life, I would have loved to have been a website designer. I find it really enjoyable. I find it quite therapeutic. It's like painting. I feel like you've got to concentrate on what you're doing. You're you're creating this kind of artwork that's digital, that lives and breathes and is live and you can change it at any point. And I also like to be able to edit my own stuff and to not feel like I don't know how to edit that and I don't know how to do it. Also, I'd gone from using Squarespace 7.0 to 7.1 and I wanted to have a test around with that new 7.1. And so I thought I'm going to build it myself and I'm going to enjoy doing that. The other thing is to this point, we had already spent quite a significant amount of money on the URL, my daily business. That was one of the most expensive things that we bought that initially the quote that I was given was $12,000 US for that URL, negotiated down, 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 down to a lot, lot, lot less than that, but still a significant amount. I'd also spent money on the first designer I'd worked with. I'd spent money on the second designer I'd worked with. I had spent a whole bunch of money on, you know, other things, tone of voice, looking through stuff, auditing the current website, like a whole bunch of things. And so I decided, no, I want to build this myself and also just enjoy doing that. But it got to a point where I needed help. So I went to Upwork. I often go to Upwork for small jobs like this. And I looked for somebody who's a Squarespace designer, a web developer who could help me just with the final tweaks of it. And I found this incredible guy called Andrew Levine. He is just awesome, really funny, really lovely, based in LA, an actor from New York, but also from Geneva, like just really interesting guy. And he was willing to do it like that weekend. He's like, yeah, sure, okay. And then he was like, I understand everything. We had a Zoom call. It was really lovely. And he worked straight away on it. So literally, I think I booked him on Friday, Australian time, which was Thursday, American time, LA time. And he had stuff done by Monday. And I was like, this is awesome. And then I said to him, I'm just really like, I really trust what you're doing. I trust you as a person. So, you know, could we actually get to a point where I'm just working with you quarterly on things that need to be updated on the site? He's like, yep, for sure. He has helped significantly with this rebrand and with changing things from my daily business coach to my daily business. There's just so much. I had issues with GoDaddy. I had issues with, you know, things not transferring properly, like redirects and a whole bunch of problems. And Andrew has just been so helpful. So worked with him on that. And then also obviously worked with Erica, who's my assistant. She has been instrumental in getting everything up to speed because it's not just the website and the pretty colors and everything else. There's so many other things. You think about all of the freebies that we have, all of them had to be redesigned and shout out to Sunny Sunday's Designs, my old VA, Nezzy, who worked on updating those things, putting them into the new rebrand. There was just so many elements that you think like all of the images, oh, the images, haven't even talked about that. So in December last year, 
I knew that I was rebranding and I wanted images that actually reflected me. So I booked a photo shoot with the amazing Hilary Walker. You can find out all about her at hilarywalkerphotography.com. She is actually the sister of Sophie Walker, who many of you will know as the founder of Australian Birth Stories. Now, Sophie is a client and a friend, and we'd been talking about this and... I said to her, you know, I'm just, I don't know, I'm choosing between all these different photographers. And she was like, why don't you check out my sister's work? And I was like, yes, it just seemed really natural. And, you know, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do, but I pulled together then a full mood board and a full shot list and I had it all very prepared. I even got my son to take photos of me in different spots. So I sort of had an idea of what they'd look like. And I presented all of that to Hillary and she was just fantastic to work with. I'm not somebody who loves getting their photo taken as, you know, many people are. And I just felt like she was just so wonderful to work with. She was so down to earth. She came and did this at my house. She did it in about half a day, got so many photos, so many options, was really lovely. She would, you know, say to me to fix things as, you know, you're not going to get those photos that you think, oh my God, why didn't the photographer tell me that, you know, there was hair across my face or whatever it is. And so she was just fantastic to work with and really captured exactly how I wanted to come across in the brand. So yeah, that is kind of how we've come to this point. And the next part of this is really then rolling out the things that I've been working on internally, like the values and different offers that we're going to be putting out, different products that we're going to be putting out in the next kind of 12 months, but doing it in a way that is making sure that this brand really aligns with our values, where we're going, the bigger vision for the business, and also for the clients and the people that are on this journey with us, which is, you know, many of you listening. So thank you so much. But I guess if I was to recap kind of the key points of a rebrand, and I know this is a very long story and maybe I've gone off on different tangents and it's not even coherent. I guess the first thing to figure out is why are you doing this? I told you kind of a long story in the context because there, there was a long story to it and it wasn't a an impulse decision to do. It was a really thought out decision to change this name, even though it might seem like such a tiny change. It was a bigger decision and it took literally years of me going through things and testing things and figuring out what is actually going to work for me. So the first thing to get very clear on is why are you doing this? What is the objective? Does it need to be done? And I think that's another thing that kind of stopped me from doing it quicker is because there wasn't any urgency to do it. It wasn't like, you know, my business is is failing or I've got some really bad reputation problem. It was that, you know, where you would need to maybe change your name. Like there wasn't any massive need to do this except for myself, except for where the business is going and where I wanted to build this brand and take it. So the second thing is to figure out then, you know, if you know why you're doing, then what needs to change? What actually needs to change? Is your vision going to stay the same? Is your vision changing? You know, is your offers going to stay the same? Is your audience different? Is your territory and and defined, you know, area of, of operating in changing? What does the competitor analysis look like now that you're changing? Is it the same sort of industry? Is it new industries? You know, there's so much to look at. What is the brand expression? What is the brand authority? Where are you going with this? So looking at that, like what needs to change? And then really the third point is how. How is that actually going to change? Now, I kind of tried to create a timeline. I just had a Google sheet that I was putting things in and like, okay, so then this would happen, this would happen, this would happen. Then it's really figuring out who, who else do you need to help you bring this to life? So I mentioned Hilary Walker, the incredible photographer, also Ashley Simonetto, also the original first designer, who I'm not going to name just because, you know, I wasn't that happy with the result and, you know, don't want to give them any bad reputation. And, you know, they don't deserve that. They were going through a lot in their own life at that time as well. 
also Erica, also Andrew Levine in LA, like a whole bunch of people have helped with this. And I had to be really clear on where my own limitations were for getting this thing done. And that really brings me to the next point. It is never done. It is never set and forget. A brand is a living thing. A brand is you know, the way that you are showing up every day and the way that you are being perceived by your audience every day. And so I know that the brand is a living thing. It'll always be having iterations. It'll always be changing. There are definitely things that we are going to, you know, improve on and and grow and build on and expand on in the years to come. And so really, I hope that whole conversation has helped you If you are considering a rebrand yourself, if you are even just considering building out your brand a little bit more, I hope that, you know, some of what I'm talking about today, firstly, that it made sense and also that it kind of gives you an idea for your own business and really thinking about where are you going in the future and do you feel super proud of what you're building and your brand as a whole and how are you going out to market that and what does that look like from now but also for the next, you know, five, ten years, where, where are you going with this? So that is it for today, a kind of coaching episode all about how and why we rebranded from My Daily Business Coach to My Daily Business. So as I said, we have changed our URL. It is mydailybusiness.com. You can find the shop there. You can find all the podcast show notes. You can find courses, testimonials, a whole bunch of other things, including some of our favorite tools. So you can find that in the footer, frequently asked questions. There's a whole lot of stuff there. And of course, it is a living thing. A website is digital, it's living And we are always going to be updating that and changing things and adding things. So you can find us at mydailybusiness.com. On TikTok, you can find us at mydailybusiness. On Instagram, at mydailybusiness underscore. Likewise with Pinterest, at mydailybusiness underscore. I mean, that's another big thing about rebranding. You can't always get, you know, the handle that you want. I have to say, actually, I should have mentioned this earlier. I would say that the hardest part of rebranding, apart from figuring out the websites, you know, one website to the other, is Instagram. Instagram has been one of the hardest things for rebranding. Instagram do not make it easy to change your handle and keep or retain your existing one. They, you know, you don't actually know if you can get the handle that you want until the second that you actually change it. And so when I went to change it, we'd actually had another handle that we wanted and somebody had taken that. And I don't know if they've taken it because they saw it because we did have the website up for a few, like for a week before we actually went out live with it. But it's weird because it's taken, you can't use it. However, if you go to that website, it's that name, it's like cannot be found. So that is a big annoyance. But also I think what I was really worried about, I still am to a point and we're trying to really make it clear to everyone that we would never ask for your personal information, we would never ask you to pay us anything in the Instagram DMs, is that somebody would take the old Instagram you know, handle and then clone stuff and then start asking people for money in the DMs. We will never do that. So please know that. We would never ask you for money. We would never ask you for money on a text message. We would never send you a link to pay. If you want to work with us, you can either buy it direct on the Squarespace website or you can email us and we will send you an invoice and you pay that way. So there's a lot around social media that was scary with the rebrand. And also you are sort of thinking this stuff like, oh, I've built up, you know, this following or I've built up, you know, this and what if people don't recognize it? But you have to just remember that you've built up a brand that you have a community around and they're going to be there when you change things. So don't don't be afraid of it, but just keep in mind that if you are going to rebrand, just looking at your handles across all social media and making sure that you can get something that is either consistent or, you know, very similar so that it is 
you know, there is a level of consistency across it, changing things like the image that is or the icon that is across social media platforms, making sure it's consistent, that is also going to help. So there's so much there. And like I said, I could talk for hours and hours and hours about this. There's so much other work that I've mentioned just lightly, like really revisiting why I'm even in business in the first place, but what I'm trying to create, the the competitor analysis. I mean, there's so much there. There's so much research and data that also goes into a decision like rebranding. So that is it. I hope it has been helpful. If you wanted to revisit any of this, you can find the show notes at mydailybusiness.com forward slash podcast forward slash 304. And if you found this useful or you want to chat about anything in this, feel free to just send us a DM at mydailybusiness underscore. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the My Daily Business podcast. For a range of tools to help you grow and start your business, including coaching programs, courses, and templates, check out our shop at mydailybusiness.com forward slash shop. And if you want to get in touch, you can do that via email, hello at mydailybusiness.com, or you can hit us up on Instagram at mydailybusiness underscore. You can find us on TikTok at mydailybusiness or find me, Fiona Kalaki, on LinkedIn. I look forward to connecting.